It's bonus pod one five six. You turn up at the airport. You've been nervous about this trip for a while now because you had to test negative of COVID to get there. But mm. you got you did your test, got your PCR, it came back not detected. And so you're like, yes, it's finally happening. You go to the airport and go up to the check-in. You, you go up to your, the machine, the self-check-in thing, and you go bloop, 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 bloop. And then it says, go to the check-in desk. And you go, well, what, what the fucking, what was the point of checking in online if I just got to go to the check-in desk anyway? Why, why, why do I keep falling for this? And you go to the check-in desk, but there's no one there. And then you realize there's no one in the queue behind you either. And you go, ding, ding, ding. You go, no, it's not normally a bell at these things, but there's one on, on this count. You go, ding, 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 ding. And, uh, and still no one comes. But the conveyor belt of the luggage thing starts to, it turns on. Just, and it starts rolling. And, huh? and the computer screen that's normally facing the, the, the check-in person, it, just, it turns around to face you. And two in big, big letters, it just says, get on. <laughs> and you're like, what? And it just goes, get on. The, the letters get bigger. Get on in green, like matrix green. Get on. And you're like, okay. And you like step onto the conveyor belt of the luggage, uh, car- not carousel, the luggage um, uh, conveyor. And you get on it. And you're scared. You're like, what am I doing? And instantly speeds up. And it drags you through the, those rubbery flaps. And you're into the system. Oh, it's it's a maze down here. It's like um, it's like Space Mountain in Disneyland. You're going. You can barely hold on. You you and your bags are hurtling through the internal um, organs of Heathrow Airport or whatever your local airport is. And you're screaming, Ah, what's going on? Ah, and flugel, flugel. What's this? You're in. A toilet, but like a small plane toilet. How, you've come up through the toilet. Like, what the heck? And then you open the door of the toilet, and it's the toilet in the cockpit of a Boeing 737. And you see there are two pilots sat, and they turn around, and it's me and Pierre. Yeah. And we say, we're cleared for pooping. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Bonus Pod. Welcome. Oh, what a, that's um, great, like, Twilight Zone stuff, man. Thank you. Thanks, thanks, thanks. Really like that. Um, I would add the detail that we're both pantsless flying the plane. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we spin around, and we, we don't have any trousers on. Yeah, yeah. But we are, are from the waist up, dressed and buttoned yeah. and badged up to the nines. Full, like, gold admiral. Yeah, all the chevrons down the mm. arms. Are those real? You know, when the, the things the pilots have that make them look like they're military pilots, the little chevrons and things. For a second, they look like they're in a, a sort of a, a cheap remake of Battlestar Galactica. Yeah. Yeah. Um, did, uh, did they, like, surely, like, after so many flights, they get a little badge? Well, they used to be in lots of armies that the chevrons on the end of your sleeves would be, you'd get a chevron for each subsequent year of service and then each subsequent five years or something. Right. So, like, lots of chevrons meant big, big dog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, I don't know. It must because it must just be set by like a company, right? Yeah. Like there must just be like the, the BA rules for. Because it's probably not as significant as military chevrons, but also it can't it can't be nothing. It must be something. 
there's got to be a rule for it or, or like, uh, do you think there's a certain amount of cachet if you've been like a pilot with BA for 50 years and you have like the old logo still on your uh, thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you go, well, you know, they let us keep these. Yeah. I'm a pilot and I've been a pilot for a while. <laughs> yeah, man. Well, we're here in the in the Patreon, in the VIP zone. Yeah. Very important poopers. Very important poopers. <laughs> Very impatient poopers. Very impatient poopers, and they have every right to be, because by God, they're paying. Very important payers. It's a paying poopers. <laughs> hey, hey, I pay for my poop. This is me. Someone. This is someone um, trying to be belligerent in, in the Question Time audience. I pay for my poop, and I expect better from the BBC. What's <laughs> like that? I pay for my poop, so don't speak to me. <laughs> Like I'm some sort of freeloader. <laughs> and not a lot of people... There are people where I live who not only don't pay for their poop, but they seem to take a perverse pride in it. <laughs> I'll always remember... Um, it might have been... It was like George Osborne or David Cameron or... Maybe it was Osborne or... It was something... It was a conservative, but they weren't prime minister, but they were powerful and unsettling. So it was George Osborne or Michael Gove. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and they were they were talking about um benefits and stuff and the 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 description they called to mind was um these people who they they as you're leaving for work in the morning to your hard working family you know they kept yeah. saying hard working family yeah they love that their curtains are still shut mm. and it was this idea that there's some house full of people sort of offensively sleeping in <laughs> Which yeah. really made me laugh, not just because it's such a, like, it's such a funny, like, the guy who is harassed by Dennis the Menace thing to get annoyed about. Open your curtains, you layabouts! <laughs> I'd like to even notice. Yeah. And, yeah and, I, mean, I mean, it puts paid literal, in a literal way, to the term curtain twitches. Like, they're yeah. literally appealing to people who want to see inside other people's, behind other people's Yeah, curtains. they're not twitching their curtains, so they must be in bed. Just wanking the day away. Smoking doob grass. <laughs> Smoking doob grass and writing little poems. And it's this whole idea that, like, everyone who makes money or is productive gets up at fucking dawn. They're inside there, tearing down statues. <laughs> Smoking doob grass. Smoking doob grass and trying to simultaneously help a refugee, but also ISIS somehow. <laughs> yeah, it, I just remember thinking, gosh, yeah, I can picture some guy with like a brutally neat mustache and glasses. Like a guy who's like Dennis the Menace's. It's never his dad. It's like his neighbor, isn't it? Mm. Just... The idea of having the wherewithal when you're making the slightly frosty walk from the front door of your house to your car and you're tired and you've had to kind of semi-force breakfast down yourself mm. and you're off to do like a job or a day of something. Yeah. To stop as you fumble for your car keys and angrily note the curtain status of windows around you. It's like something they train you to do in the KGB <laughs> to notice windows. <laughs> yeah, what well, you looking like? You're looking out for snipers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, what if your neighbors are dead, mate? I don't. Understand. Maybe the curtains are shut because they're all dead. <laughs> I don't understand the idea of caring what, what you, whether your neighbor works or not. 
I think it's it's this idea that like all of your taxes immediately go to a scrounger. Oh, I see. I see. They're I obsessed see. with promoting the idea that. Oh, okay, of course. Um, well, which is ridiculous because if you are a normal taxpayer, your contributions are extremely important, but they will be used up by one surgery. Yes. Everyone's going around pretending like they've contributed so much in tax. They're like Elon Musk or Ricky. Well, not Elon Musk. He avoids a lot of it. But, yeah, but they're all pretending that they're like Richard Branson. Oh yeah, that they're paying for literally every single refugee that comes. Well, they're paying for like hospitals on mass. <laughs> Whereas in reality, like if you if you tot up the amount you pay in tax and then you compare it with what the government says is the cost of one hip replacement, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you probably just about cover yourself. Yeah, if you're an ordinary earner. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it still makes people fucking livid, Phil, to think about these curtains. These curtains. these curtains. I can't sleep thinking about the curtains. <laughs> That's the ultimate irony. Now I'm sleeping even less than these sleepy fuckers. Just fuming in the corner. Someone's like, what's wrong? You thinking about the curtains again? Yes! <laughs> and they they turn to look at you, and in their eyes, you're just a big set of closed curtains <laughs> with some, like, shoo, like noises coming from behind them. Furious. I, I think I've just realized the reason I'm not offended by that is that, to my neighbors, I'm the one with the curtains yeah, shut yeah. still well, that's, at that's, 9.30 a.m. Well, that's the other thing that made me laugh about it, was was comedians, obviously, you know, we, we're we part of the night economy. We're Batman, yeah. We're Batman. We are the night. We are vengeance. We are the night. We are vengeance. We are affordable light entertainment. <laughs> <laughs> we're laughs on a budget on a Friday night. Um, and vengeance. And, <laughs> and vengeance. And vengeance. <laughs> the vengeance is very important part. Should yeah, you wish. <laughs> ask your local comedy club for particulars. I mean, for a lot of comedians, stand-up is vengeance. You know, if it's sort of like... Yeah. I am funny. Yeah, and also, like, this is... Uh, um, stand-ups who, like, talk about social injustice a lot. Yeah. It's kind of... that's They're kind of Batman. They think they're Batman. It's kind of vengeance. Oh, I see what you're saying. There are, there are some Batman Batman comedians. That's true. They feel like they're being funny in a sort of direction that will somehow worry the Illuminati. Um, yeah. <laughs> they'll be like, that guy did a pun in a regional nightclub. Yeah, and they often come from backgrounds as prosperous as Bruce Wayne. As Bruce- <laughs> <laughs> they have foundations. <laughs> but yes, it made me laugh because I realized, as you say, that I, as a comedian who, who does his best to sleep in whenever possible... I'm making all these Dennis the Menace neighbors presumably yeah. f- bleed with fury. Yeah. That I don't uh, earn money in such a way that I have to get up at the same time as them. Yeah. I mean, looking, so your flat here, do you, you, you there's sort of a central circular court bit. There's uh, a courtyard, yeah. Courtyard. Do you have a, you have windows facing that? Yeah, there are presumably. curtain windows facing that. So ah. there could easily be closed curtains. So that's what they could see. They walk by and through the courtyard. Yeah. And they, Tut. Yeah. Do you ever think about... Um, so I, mean, I mentioned earlier, like, well, what if your neighbors are all just dead? Like the guys, like, their curtains are always closed every morning and they don't pick up any of their post or milk. Like, uh, uh-oh. <laughs> and the smell! <laughs> the stink from the place! <laughs> and they're over 70, they should know better. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, do you ever think about those cases that happen, and they they almost always happen in London in this country, of like... There was one that happened near where I used to live in London. Mm. In, I think it was in Wood Green. Mm-hmm. And I used to live near Wood Green. And it was like, um, 
a lady's dead body, and she wasn't even that old. She was like 40-something, mm. just sat on the couch with the TV on mm-hmm. for two years. The TV was on? Yeah. The TV was years. on for two years. That's, that stresses me out more than the body. The <laughs> idea of leaving something on for two years. That's so much worse for me than the dead body unattended. That's, that's, given, that's given me anxiety, the idea of the TV having stayed on for two But years. the TV being on was one of the reasons why the neighbors thought, oh... She's, she's just... They said, people were like, but when you like, worried that the TV was on, and like, not a very loud volume, but like a faintly audible volume forever... And they were like, well, you know, we have a lot of weird neighbors here in this block of flats. Oh, I'm just, I hate that idea of the TV being on for two years. That's really gotten to me. I feel like I've just watched a Black Mirror episode. It is the most horrible detail of it, I but I knew it. that it would annoy. Like it's on all the time. <laughs> that TV was working for two years straight. <laughs> While in front of it, a body decomposed. That bit doesn't get to me. Is the TV being on? But what is? What about as a combo? Is it greater than the sum of its parts? No, no. It's just the TV being on. Is <laughs> if if she had gone out and died elsewhere, and the TV had stayed on for two years, I'd be as affected. I'd be the same amount of affected. <laughs> well, then, what does it feel like for you when you go past a block of offices and all the lights are on? Well, because like, lights, lights are supposed to. I'm sort of convinced those lights are designed to be on at a low level the whole time. But yeah. TV, you know, a TV on, especially modern TV when it's on, it takes up a lot of power. The rating, yeah. the rating of every TV is like G or something. Yeah. So it's just taking up so much power for nothing, and the noise pollution, and just the lights, and the the idea of this these electronics just working nonstop. But just mm-hmm. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. For me, it's the, it. the audio being around. Yeah, that's horrible as well. That's not good. I hate it. If I was a neighbor, they would have found. Uh, they would have found her the next day because they'd be like, she hasn't turned the TV off. <laughs> they would have found her straight away if I was one of the The screen is going to get images burnt into it. <laughs> um, uh, Did you ever hear about that prank? But, but, but was she the lady who was like, because when the human body decomposes, it basically like starts to melt. Like, was she like melted into the sofa? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. God, I, don't wanna, I wouldn't want to discover that. God bless whatever version of the police or ambulance or fire service that has to go and snip the fabric around. Well, there are, there are these specialist like, cleaning operations that do like murder scenes and that sort of stuff, right? Is there enough money? Yeah, this is what I'm thinking. Like, can, is, is, are there enough of these to go around that you can dedicate your entire business just to this kind of thing? Because it would be a lot easier if they just said, could you put this skeleton couch in a skip? Because that's just a matter of moving it. But you can't because you've got to bury and forensics and it's all got to be sorted out properly above board. Oh, I want to be sick. Do you think, because um, you know how sometimes you hear about people who love cleaning mm-hmm. and they love it. They really love it. And they, yeah. get a, they, they actively seek out like Marie Kondo style. They seek out messy houses. Yeah. Do you think that's who works for those places? Them and serial killers. I like to scrub the blood, you know, like a weird... <laughs> that guy works there. Yeah, probably. But also like a real, like... A real clean freak. A real clean freak who's not but simultaneously a bit, like, t- eerily calm, re-death. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you'd, you'd hope so. You'd, you'd want them to be getting something out of it. That's better. I'd, l- I'd prefer to think that that's who works there than someone who is as upset about doing that job as I would be, but somehow has found themselves <laughs> for- forced into... Into cleaning up melted sofa bodies. Melty corpses, yeah. Melty corpses. I wonder how long it takes for you to just become um, numb to it. I thought you were going to say Skellington. Become a Skellington. Three months. 
Oh, so do you reckon she was pure Skellington? I reckon she was like a Skellington you see in medieval art, where it's like uh, like a mummy, like a brown layer of a very bone. But would she have bone. dried up enough, or would have just? Oh yeah, maybe. Would she have? Would decomp- she would have decomposed a lot? Would have? Doesn't it's not nice. Not nice to think about, but not but- nearly as bad as that TV being on for two <laughs> years straight through the night. All the weather forecasts, all the daytime quiz shows. Just washing over. Just eerie. The, just the number of pointless episodes that were just beamed at a melting corpse. Do you think that that um, would freak out Alexander Armstrong if he knew? He knows. <laughs> <laughs> he oh, knows people he knows. die watching his show. <laughs> it's actually more extraordinary if someone alive is watching pointless. <laughs> It's on at 5 p.m. exactly. <laughs> Everyone watching it is old as fuck. People die looking into his eyes all the time. He's the last thing most people see <laughs> in their lives. <laughs> that's why it has to be so comforting and nice all the time. Well, that's great. Yeah, that's true. He's, usher- he's the fucking midwife of death. Ushering people from this realm into the next, Alexander Armstrong. Angel of death, Alexander <laughs> And he's a what? lovely man, Alexander. I do know Alexander. He's a really nice guy. And he guy. says, that's why he's got his open-necked shirt and his blue blazer. Open-necked white shirt, yes. blue blazer. Yeah, he looks sort of like a sort of a Bruce Almighty idea of maybe, maybe St. Peter. British, not God, but St. Peter. Or British God. British God. Oh, no, no. He's, no, no, he's British St. Peter. And I think British, that, yeah. British God Peter. is Michael Palin. Yes. Probably. Alexander Armstrong's British St. Peter. Welcome. Um, and... And pointless is are the pearly gates. Yes, pointless is the pearly gates. And the, each point is a sin. And every time the hundred board, sins. And every time the board goes with a red X, has someone gone to hell? <laughs> You're gone to hell. <laughs> I'm afraid you did uh, take the Lord's name in vain. <laughs> <laughs> and he just moves straight on. And Susan, so what do you like to do? What What did you like to do with your life? That's funny. Oh, well, I was a nurse and I... Oh, that's well, wonderful. And it, that's his, his, like, soothing interrogations of guests. Yeah, yeah. Is a perfect cover. Yeah, neighbor found her this morning. Caucasian male, 75 years old. Uh, the body's been here three months, completely undiscovered. Ugh. God damn it. We don't even care about each other anymore. Um, Sarge? What is it, Kaplonsky? Um, I think you're gonna wanna come see this. Uh, Alright, show me Greenhorn. Uh, sir, it's the heating. What about it? It's been on non-stop for three months. <laughs> my god. Uh, after all these years, you, th- you think you've seen it all, but... Uh, was it at least on a timer? Nah, just non-stop thermostat. So that would have been... Including, including the last couple of months with the energy cost crisis. Who's even gonna pay that bill? This is disgusting. Uh, uh, 
Uh, Sanchez, bring me the corpse. Uh, I need something to puke on. He's good at Alexander. We've, we've, um, we, he and I have bonded over being choristers in our youth. Nice. As boys, and he, he was a, he was um, a Cambridge footlight like you and I, and like you and I, Armstrong and Miller, the Mark of Cain. <laughs> Sin forever. <laughs> um, Armstrong and Miller, I think one of the great sketch shows. I would love to hang out with Armstrong and Miller and have seven pints with them. Why? Over a day. Just talking. It'll be great. Right. Also, because the way they both talk in, they had a podcast for a, a long time called Time Ghost. Oh. Where they played sort of characters. Oh, I didn't know. And they did it back when the Times newspaper paid for podcasts to be made. Wow. And it paid for the Bugle. The Bugle oh, was yes, a Times podcast. That. I remember, yeah. Well, they did a, a brief one called Time Ghost, and it was Armstrong and Miller. It was really funny, um, and I liked it. And then they brought it back for a bit during lockdown, I think. Oh, very good. We got another couple of chunks of Time Ghost, so seek that ben out. Ben Miller scares me a little bit. He's a PhD physicist, isn't he? Yeah. Clever he, boy. He's a clever boy, but um, I, I, I think he, could, he would shout at me. Do you think? Yeah, he looks like a shouter. He's got an anger to him. Yeah, there's, there's something fizzing there. Whereas I think Alexander Armstrong doesn't have anger to him. They, they, he, would, he would have a kind of arch contempt for something he disliked. Yes. I think yes. He, would go, he would say something like, oh, and you think and that, that seems like a good idea to you? I think he'd just go, right, and he'd turn away. <laughs> to the board. Yeah, to the board. Um, whereas, yeah, maybe Ben um, Miller mm. would go, but that's ridiculous. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> Why would you think that? Well, it's to some physicists tend to be quite demure. Do you think? Yeah, for sure. I think there's a comfort to understanding how the... Nuclear power. Works. Yeah. <laughs> it calms you down. Understanding the universe at a molecular level, I think, gives you a kind of calm. Being able to just zone out and see everyone as a bunch of atoms. Yeah, like Neo in the Matrix, basically. Yeah, He's someone's like, yelling at you, you can't park your car there. Yeah, and you just... just yeah. And it's just atoms going... Yeah, you're just Dr. Manhattan. And yeah, he, <laughs> yeah, he just smiles serenely. Mm. What does he say? Your earthly concerns bore me or tire me? Yeah, I'm tired of these people Yeah, being caught up in the bonds of their lives or whatever, yeah, their yeah. problems. Uh, That's how I picture Ben Miller, glowing blue penis. <laughs> Sat on Mars, bored. Yeah. Making comedy sketches out of sand. <laughs> <laughs> Swirling around him. Um yeah, I, uh, I, I think about, I when I, I, I think about those cases when I think about the. It's the downside of being in a city, isn't it? In a city, you can become anonymous. And mm. and, and like lose yourself. Yes. Oh, you mean, you mean of dying and not being discovered for two years? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm sure. a bit. Obs- I, I went through a phase where I got a bit obsessed with those cases, because I sort of couldn't believe that it could happen in this day and age. But do you think that's a city thing? Because. There's loneliness outside of the city, especially for old people. Is it just the case that w- w- with the density of population, obviously, it's just more likely to happen? But see, I think the loneliness in the countryside, people are aware of it, so they take countermeasures, which is why any- anyone you know in the countryside, either them or like their mum or, or their aunt or, or their like neighbour, is always like the guy who's like, oh, I'll go check in on old Mr. McGillicutty and bring him an egg or whatever. Yeah. Because they know, oh. Mr. McGillicutty, I brought you egg. Duck, 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 duck. Your Mr. Egg. McGillicutty? Your egg, Mr. McGillicutty! <laughs> knock, 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 knock. Yeah. And then eventually he goes, I'm coming! And you go, oh, thank God. 
<laughs> oh, thank God. Um, and he opens the door and you egg him. And you run away. <laughs> and you run away. <laughs> gotcha, yeah. Gotcha, you lonely old cunt. <laughs> see you next, see you tomorrow for your other fucking egg. No, please. <laughs> That's how you know he's alive. That he's suffering. His life is suffering. <laughs> and Mr. McGillicutty needs to be taught this again and again. <laughs> but like, I know people who live very rurally who have that attitude. Whereas I think in the city, the whole thing is like, who are your neighbors? Like, I don't know. Yeah. Fuck them. Mm. Oh, there's a, there's a bad smell. I'll email the council and they'll get back to me in four months saying it's not our problem. I know my new neighbours quite well. It's quite a little community. Ah. Because I live in a muse, Pierre. A well, muse. You've always amused me, Phil. Thank you. So that's very appropriate. <laughs> but it's a nice little community. And um, after I was on Mastermind... Oh, have you mentioned my Mastermind? No, because we, we've trained ourselves to not mention it. Oh, yeah, For yeah, so yeah. long that yeah, now the embargo has been lifted. Well, uh, I'll, 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 well, I'll speak about it. Ten maybe. out of ten brain genius. Yeah, I'll, I'll well. talk about it on the, on, the, on the free pod. Yeah. So, so I can show off in front of more people. Yes. Um, but uh, once I did, uh, I, I, I won. And I won good. I won hard. You won it. And I won it. You won it. I won it. And like the ne- on the Muse group chat, everyone's like, "Well done, Phil!" And then like when I went home the next day, people were push- pushing the- my neighbors were pushing their baby <laughs> in the pram back home. And they're like, "Well done, Phil!" It was like I felt like I was in the Truman Show. It was like the liberation of Paris. It was <laughs> <laughs> flags of people kissing you. <laughs> oh yeah, the Truman Show. Yeah, people wholesomely doing things. Going, congrats on Mastermind, Phil. <laughs> Just this like complete. Thanks, Mr. McGillicuddy. I'll see you tomorrow with your egg. Oh, no, Phil. Please, no. Phil, I thought if I was nice about Mastermind, you'd forget about the egg. No, never going to forget No, it. I'll never forget. I'll only forget if I die before you, you old cat. See you tomorrow for your fucking egg. I pray for that every day. That's one of the reasons I egg you. It's recursive at this point. <laughs> Infinite motive. <laughs> oh no <laughs> there's something um there's something uh, uh i i th- do you think that it'll be funny to be mean to old people again soon because it was very funny in the 90s interesting L- isn't it loads of adam sandler's humor yeah and a lot of his prank phone calls from when he lived with judd apatow Oh, interesting. They live together. They're old friends. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure. Is like he's calling up like, "Ah, she's grandma," and like that that great, admittedly great stand up special. Oh Adam, yeah, Adam Sand. What's that one called? I can't remember. On Netflix, right? Yeah, but it's absolutely superb. It's stunningly good. And there's the there's he does the grandma stuff again. No, please, I. <laughs> and you oh, get a yeah. flash of like. Gra- and it's really retro, isn't it? Yeah, you get a flash of grandma sadism, and you go, God. What was it about the late 90s? Yeah. We're kind of being quite mean to grandma. No, I don't want to. And then you got it with, um, in his movie, where the grandmas were all in that, Ben Stiller is like uh, using them as like a sweatshop. Oh, I don't in know. In the, um, the golf one. The golf one. Billy oh, Madison? Um, no. Sunny, Happy, Happy Gilmore. Happy Gilmore. Right. All the old people, his grandma's in an old folks home and he thinks it's really nice, but the second he leaves... Oh, ben Stiller funny. makes them all make wallets and stuff. Oh, that's funny. Like, yeah. But my hands hurt. And Ben Stiller's like, <laughs> in their face and stuff. 
Yeah, it's fun, isn't it? Grandma sadism could be coming back. Or old people sadism. I wonder if there was, that's more, that's to do with, was there a greater gulf in sort of values between that generation and their older generation than yeah. now? Because, I mean. And they weren't, they, they weren't the war, World War Two generation. Yeah. They were the one just after. Yeah, they're so, the ones who just like did a bit of Jim Crow and yeah, they were, you know were against. Uh, they didn't the fight in movement. the yeah, <laughs> and but also did not fight against Nazis. They didn't fight against Nazis, and they did their best to stop the desegregation of schooling. <laughs> so the worst generation. Yeah, they're like the 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 imperfect storm. Well, yeah. the perfect storm of 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 like bad old people and nothing but prosperity as well. Yes, just like money in a row. Whereas now. Well now, it now, now because like it's it's so frowned upon now to make fun of anyone to be considered seen as punching down at all, and like even for a, young, a generation of young people who have been in many ways completely sort of screwed over, over, screwed over by the, the older generations, they're still like, mm, but they're like the 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 response to the COVID crisis of everyone going, but need to we need to protect our grandparents really stunned me. Yeah. As someone whose grandparents are already gone, so I had no dog in the fight anyway. <laughs> but also, like, we spent, like, the last five years complaining about how they've ruined everything, and you're, like, trying to save all of them. It's just, it's, it was a real turn of the heels, you know? I didn't really expect it. Yeah. But in, in the 90s, it was completely different. You was more, you, you, I mean, I guess the 90s was a time when you could, you could make fun of pe- anyone more. Well, in the 90s, yeah, everyone decided that everything has been solved. Mm. Everyone had money. Yeah. And everything was solved. End of history. Fine. Hmm. Time to just do whatever you want. Um, yeah, maybe it'll come back. Also, in the UK, it's different because we've, as a nation, we've decided that once you get grey hair, you you were kind of in the war. Yeah. This is a great theory from the comedian Glenn Moore, where mm-hmm. he says, like, people just seem to inherit the war. <laughs> yeah. And I remember him showing me a clip of someone on Britain's Got Talent or something, and it was a guy dressed as, like, a dad's army World War II soldier. Mm singing like old wartime classics like world war ii songs yeah and like with like poppies all over him and stuff and then in the, all the interviews he, and he's like an old kind of slightly overweight guy and they were like you were in the army yourself go, you're a veteran aren't you oh, yes yes sir yes sir i am he was in the gulf war right yeah yeah in, not, not- 1991 <laughs> but everyone's collectively decided like the same just pointing yeah. at it going the same yeah, you were uh, you were at Dunkirk. Yeah, because you looked like you were, and I want you to have been there. Yeah, and I'm going to treat you as if you were. Yeah, it's a very good point. We got to bring it back, starting with Mr. McGillicuddy. Well, yeah. Whereas now, you know, a movie like uh, Kate, what's her name, Catherine Tate's Nan. What's it? It's called the Nan or Nan? The Nan movie. The Nan movie. It'd be terrifying. It was just called Nan, like Jaws. But the Nan. It could not be less interest in it. No one seems to want to see Nan. No one's interested. Ten years after this the country only TV wants show. to see a movie about an, a, a horrible old woman if they're being played by a man. Yeah, and Irish. And Irish, which makes everything funnier, mm-hmm. and be called Denan. <laughs> Denan movie. <laughs> she must be livid. Catherine oh Tate. right, yeah. Fuck! I hadn't thought of that. That Mrs. Brown's Fuming. voice took her, took her shtick. But she had so many shticks. She had too many. She'd focused in on that shtick. She lost track of her shticks. She dropped all her shticks on the floor. She dropped it. She was playing pickup shticks. <laughs> While someone, a certain someone, was touring around Ireland perfecting one shtick. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there you go. Well, 
Um, we probably should have said this in the main podcast, but we're going to be block recording. Oh, yeah. Because you're off on your travels. I'm off on my travels Saturday, yeah. Um, so we're going to do some block records. So if, if all of you listening think, God, this isn't very topical if we mention something or other in the upcoming pods, yeah. then that's why. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Keep that in mind. But it's been a pleasure. A pleasure. A Patreon pleasure. A Patreon VI pleasure. <laughs> and we hope you got our pleasures from listening. And we will pleasure you next week. Yes, look forward to pleasuring you. And egging Mr. McGillicuddy. <laughs> oh, <laughs> <you> know. <laughs>